Hello, it's Pat McDonald back with you again with Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Joining me uh, on the phone is Senior Chef Instructor Joey Butendorf. And I don't know if we're having a, one of her students on, but she uh, leads the Community Kitchen Academy at Capstone. And I must say, this program is one of my most favorite workforce development programs in Vermont. Um, and Joey, welcome to the show. Good morning, Miss Pat. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. I see you. I have st- Anthony Maskell just sitting here with me. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so you're going to share? That's cool. Uh, welcome, Anthony. I'm glad you could join us. Um, so just so the listeners know, one of my other hats I wear, a few of them, is producing a show on public access called Vote for Remote TV show. So I interviewed students uh, from the um, community kitchen a couple of years ago, and then I met Chef Joey um, about two classes ago. We went and, and videotaped the, the class, and we came back and videotaped the new class, and now we're going tomorrow to um, videotape the graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad Anthony is joining us because um, I just wanted to get his take on um, on how the course, this is a question, how the course has changed from day one to right now, what what skills he's developed, what does he think about the course and everything, because um, you're an intense instructor. Oh, I'm an intense personality. <laughs> exactly. But at least it's a positive one. You That's know, I true. I think about that a lot. <laughs> well, I think we're kindred spirits anyway. Oh, so we, we are, <laughs> Pat. We know this. Our cubbies, right? Yes, exactly. Anthony, so, Anthony, what do you think? Uh, the class has been fantastic since day one. Oh. And uh, we have we have definitely learned different techniques on cooking and safe serve. Uh, I really appreciate the safe serve aspect of it um it's extremely fantastic to help feed the community and make sure that they're being fed properly nice well i have to give a shout out um, to anthony because when we were videotaping the other day um he was watching chef joey and uh, anticipated in two different times what she needed um to help her and he was right on the on the ball. Just got her a tray when she needed it, and uh, just just was so observant. And um, you make a great great assistant. As yeah. I I think so. Yeah, he was he was excellent. I was very impressed. Um, so Joey, can you explain the program itself? I know we've talked about it before, but things sure. like who qualifies as a student. It's an eight week program. Yeah. Blah blah. Uh, the Community Kitchen Academy at Capstone uh, Community Action in Barrie is a nine-week uh, training program and workforce eligibility through kitchen work and through operations of my food shelf. And I want to give Anthony a big shout-out publicly right now for being very reliable, um, being on time, and I can count on him to be here to open my food shelf all the time since the day he started or a little before, right, class, because he came in for a few days before class. But so what we do is my students are integrated into the food shelf operation at Capstone, and we prepare meals through resource food, through the food bank, and other gleaning initiatives like community harvest and local farms and any donations people want to bring. And we create nutritious meals in my kitchen to feed the community. And through creating those meals, I'm able to teach my students skills that they may not have had before or 
learn, relearn skills that they may have had and then lost them somehow. My student demographic is specific to uh, people who are income eligible, who may have been through some sort of life transition, whether, you know, uh, dramatically or traumatically, could be domestic violence, could be addiction, could be jail time, could be just, you know, I lost everything I had from the flood, right, Pat? Right, oh, yes. Um, so they come in, it could be a medical illness that made them really just want to do what they want to do, right? So uh, they come in and they work with me and learn those skills to get back out into the workforce. And and for me, as long as they're, for me and us at Capstone and everybody, I think, as long as their life has improved a little bit, you know, and it's better for them from when they came in, we're good and they can have their own successes, whatever that level may be of success. If it's just keeping a job or just getting up on time and going to a job part time, that's great. If they want to go back to school, that's awesome. So Capstone and the Vermont Food Bank created this program about now, I think we're going into our 13th or 14th no. year. So there's one in Burlington as well. Hi, Chef John. Hi, everybody. It's <laughs> Yo-Yo. Uh, and I know your placement rate after graduation is like 90, something unbelievable. Yeah, like 90, 96%. Unbelievable. Well, and I think it's important for people to know that not necessarily, these people don't necessarily go into food service, no. but what they learn are, are those soft skills that we all talk about that people, that young people don't seem to have so much anymore. Being on time, as you mentioned about Anthony, being observant, being willing to learn, well, all and those even skills. Well, coming out of your own shell, you know, yeah. through traumas, or we come out of addiction, or we come out of alcoholism, or we come out of any shell we're in, Communication. Right? Communication with others, right, right Anthony? Perfect. is uh, getting to work with others and just being able to communicate and understand what's going on. Uh, and I'd like to give a shout out to Capstone and all its programs that they have here. Right. It is a truly fantastic on what Capstone does for the community. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah. I think that's it. Those soft skills are huge, Pat. Yeah. The interpersonal skills. I mean, I know Anthony has an easier time holding his head up, right? So we're talking about a little bit of confidence building as well. You know, you have to believe in yourself to be able to do anything in life, right? Absolutely. And I think it's important. You have to, like, like yourself and believe in yourself. And sometimes my job is just about helping people like themselves better, <laughs> you know, and teaching them to cook great food in the process. Um, but, yeah, so it's a fantastic program. We have another one starting November 13th coming up. Is it full, Joey, or do you still oh, need to? Oh, I need more applications. Okay. That's why we, that's why we asked Joey to come on. You, uh, anybody listening, if – you know of anybody who's interested, this is an, I'm telling you, it's an amazing program. I, I can't yeah. get enough of it. And every time I'm there, I learn to cook new things, which my husband loves. I already cooked the, uh, the, I know. <laughs> she, she knows I'm allergic to garlic. So whenever I go there, I'm sure the students are like, what do you mean no garlic? But, <laughs> no. Really, you're not the only one. And, uh, I want to say that cornflake chicken was great. That was awesome. We loved it. That was great. I want to talk about a little bit about, like, who can come, right? Yeah, right. Go ahead. So I think uh, 18 years or older, you should have a GED or high school diploma equivalency or be working on that pretty hardcore um, actively. You can be in a special high school program, especially if you're one of those students that suffered a bit through COVID. Please come see me because I've had quite a few high school students do an alternative programs like with Choice Academy or Spalding Alternative that come and finish their program right. with me. So it counts as part of their diploma, which is awesome. 
So we do that. As Anthony said, we do the Serve Safe education, which is awesome. It helps you understand how to properly store and handle food. Um, but we, you know, we'll take anybody from the age of 18 to 65 I've done. I actually just got an email from one of my alumni in two sessions ago. His name is Nicholas Stein. Hi, Nick. Shout out to you. He actually lives in a transition home uh, through Good Samaritan Haven with Perfect. Anthony. Um, and he's working at Hannaford, but he just finished a butchery course oh. down in Randolph. So he left my class. And I hooked him up with VSAC again, and VSAC helped pay for three trainings that he did on how to butcher meat. And he's awesome. actually working in Hannaford in the deli and butchering meat, you know, so it's all relative to what he's doing. He just wrote me and he said, Chef, without you, this couldn't have happened. A copy of my certificate. And he says, my next days off from the store are this and this and this. I would like to invite Mark from Good Samaritan to come to your graduation. You'll meet him tomorrow, Pat. I've actually had him on the show. Yeah, you can interview him again. There you go. How he's doing if you want. So he really um, is excited to be, you know, still affiliated. He volunteers a lot, and he's doing great. So those are the kind of stories, and you're right. They don't have to be cooks. They can, you know, be administrative. It can be I had a girl graduate class and be a dental assistant for four years. You can go to food sales. You can work in warehouses. You can work. I have a student who is at Good Sam here um, from the last class who had no names mentioned, but had a crazy background, lots of criminal stuff, lots of this, lots of that, getting back on his feet. Thank you to everybody who helped him out in the community. And he's now working full time at UPS in the warehouse. And that's a great job, you know, for somebody like that. So these are the stories that we do this for, right? That's great. <laughs> so, Anthony, you graduate tomorrow. What are you hoping the future holds for you? Uh, I'm actually hoping to get into food safe management. Um, I just really enjoy the food safe aspect of everything. Oh. Like, uh, I just want to make sure, you know, the community's being fed properly and they, oh. you know, don't become sick from, right. you know, whatever organization I end up working for. Mm-hmm. Well, they would do very well to talk to you because um, I was I was just, as I said before, very impressed. And having had food poisoning, I thank you. That you'd like to die and hope you did, but then yeah. you didn't. <laughs> it's like rats. <laughs> well, that's so important. And, you know, I want to say this, Anthony, too. I love hearing that coming from you as your instructor because there's not enough people that have interests in that particular part of the industry and it's much needed there's a huge niche and you and i'll talk more about it i mean there's ways you can practice that at your new job or there's while you're learning like online one class at a time or something like that so that you can gain your education plus be working and gaining income at the same time in that specific field. So what happens now, Pat, is so these guys are almost at the end, which is a great time to talk to you, actually, and they will sit with me, each one of them, and we'll go over these things and we'll give them the resources they need to get those jobs, you know? Well, and then the right place to do that, Capstone is excellent at helping people move forward. Right. Um, I know you used to, um, there was always a banner in the front hallway um, it always said, don't give a hand out, give a hand up. Yeah. I, I always thought that was one of the greatest sayings because I was just talking to my former, uh, my previous guest about dignity and about making sure, uh, caregivers make sure that their clients are, uh, 
have the dignity that they deserve. So Or feel the dignity, exactly. right? That's one of the biggest things, right? It's me and our food shelf that, you know, number one, when they get a meal out of my freezer, I want them to want to eat that meal, right? Right. So that's, uh, one compartment, one cubby, right, Pat? And then, you know, the second thing is, is how do they feel when they walk in the shelf? You know, is somebody saying good morning to them? Is it professional? Is it pleasant? Right. Is it, are the shelves full? You know, I've had this conversation with the food bank the last few weeks because I know a lot of times people can go to food pantries and the shelves are kind of scattered and there's not, you know, they may be organized, but there's space in between, not a lot available. And one of the goals I had um, when my students did take over the operation a year ago was that it remained as full as possible so that it feels like you're actually going to a little market, right? Yep, right. We have baskets. We have all the information people need, right, Anthony? We have resources for them. We have the ability to help them take their groceries out. So, I mean, I think, you know, if you walk in and you're food insecure and you don't see food on the shelf, that makes you more insecure, right, Anthony? Yeah, I think the uh, the staff and the students here definitely take pride in what we're doing for the community. Right. And I find that very fantastic uh, for all of us. Yeah, I couldn't do it without Maddie, you know, my food shelf assistant who you'll meet tomorrow, Pat, because you're coming back. Yeah. Um, I can't do it without without Polly. Oh, Paul, what I I'd hire him tomorrow. He's amazing. In your own kitchen at home, right? <laughs> exactly. I know Come on over. Um, nice, awesome little Italian handsome man to cook. You know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I when I went there the other day to videotape uh, 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 this the class, you were. Everybody was busy filling uh, containers for the food shelf. And I just was thinking myself, what you're talking about, that anybody going into the food shelf needs to feel confident, as Anthony was talking about, that that food was prepared safely and with a little TLC and that um, it's safe to eat. And, I, and you don't even shouldn't even think about it, that it's part of the deal. Um, and uh, then we switched to your cornflake chicken which was amazing. No garlic. So. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Would you put garlic in that normally or not? That's no, not, no, I mean, okay. you could put like pat in the dredge. Remember we did a right? breading procedure. Right. Let's talk cooking for a Yeah, right. go right ahead. We have our Address. little segment of the show, Anthony, right? So we did a standing breading, standard breading procedure, which means we have a flour dredge. And we have some sort of coating like panko breadcrumbs or Italian breadcrumbs or cornflakes or whatever we want, Rice Krispies, anything like that. Um, and then we have an egg mixture. Or if you can't do egg, everybody, you could do milk or buttermilk or some sort of mixture, you know, wetness, right? Right. Um, in the dredge part of that pat or in the crumb part of that, you can add whatever seasonings you want, Right. So in the dredge, I just put salt, pepper, and smoked paprika, remember? Right. Mm-hmm. But if I wanted to add garlic to that, that's where I would do it, and it uh-huh. would be like a garlic powder. Excellent. Or it would be a granulated garlic of sorts, dehydrated or yeah. something. Um, and then I would put it right in the dredge. Excellent. And that's how we would get our seasoning of garlic. That's cool. And, of course, I've learned the hard way that panko, I think, is Japanese for garlic. Some of the panko breadcrumbs. You have to read the label. Yeah, breadcrumbs. Yes. And they might have a little garlic in them, yes, because they're pre-made, right? Exactly. And whenever they say herbs, my the alarm bell goes off. (laughs) You know, this is the funny thing. I was talking to my person at home, my person, Dave, at home, 
um, about the refrigerator yesterday in our house, right? It's interesting we're talking about this now. And when you when you look at certain things, you know, you come to visit me in my kitchen, you're going to see things that you guys can't get in grocery stores. Like it's ah. impossible. It's impossible. There, are, we as chefs and restaurant people have access to certain things that that regular people don't have. Right. Huh. It depends on what it is. You know, like what Anthony got. Uh, the lasagna noodles that come in pre-cooked. Yeah. Cheese. Oh, oh. Yeah. And they're already cooked and they're like super paper thin. And so then you just layer your lasagnas in hotel pans. Yeah. All the chefs out there listening are totally knowing what I'm talking about. Yeah. It makes our lives so much easier. Um, but you can't find like a, you can find a pre-cooked lasagna noodle, short one, but you, and you can find pre-cooked pasta in grocery stores, but not sheets like that, right, Anthony? Where no. you can make a cannelloni out of it, or you can make whatever you want out of it, right? Yeah, very convenient. You can make a deconstructed lasagna and roll it, you know. So there's things like the Thai, the My Ploy chili paste, or the, you know, certain ingredients that we get wholesale and in our restaurant world that not everybody has. Panko is one of those pots. So yep. Panko can be, you know, seasoned on the store shelves, but not. We can buy it plain here. Oh. Just dehydrated pulverized white bread, right? Yeah. Excellent. And that's why chefs love it so much. Makes a killer crab cake, makes a killer coconut chicken, you know, coconut shrimp. Paul, he did that demo for us that was fantastic with With, the sheets. Yeah, with the lasagna sheets, and he rolled it up. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, Paulie's great. Couldn't do it without him. The the, shout-out to Carl and everybody at the food bank. They're awesome. We couldn't do it without them either, right? The delivery guys and stuff. Yeah, Carl's fantastic guy. Um, The food bank in general plays a huge role uh, with how we operate here, especially when it comes to food intake, you know, and management of that. So, Well, I have to give you a shout-out because I'm a big fan of Chopped. And they hand you and they hand the chefs uh, surprises all the time. And that's pretty much how you operate because you don't know what you're going to get in that day. Um, all the and, time, right? And so you have to, I, I'm assuming, uh, make up a menu on the fly. And, yeah, uh, it's like Christmas for <laughs> chefs, you know, but not every chef would be okay doing that every day, I, I guess. I would think not. There's a lot of reasons for that. And this is really interesting you're asking me about this, Pat, because, yes, it is like chops. It's like a blind basket of day. You know how I give you guys those little, like, go in the cooler, find anything, and cook what you want? Right, yeah. So for me, there's always food rolling through my head in one cubby, right? So the reason that is is because not only do we have just this cool uh, apparee or variety of things to use up, and meat cuts are definitely one of those things. Like, I never know what kind of meat's coming in. Right. So, but what I want to say is, on top of that, it's like I have the pressure of utilization of this product, right? So it might come to me from the farm, those tomatoes needing to be made into sauce like right now. Right. So not only do I not want to know what I'm cooking, Anthony, right, but sometimes our day doesn't quite turn out with the projects I say it's going to because <laughs> we have other things that happen. So my students watch me flip on a dime and shift gears all day long. <laughs> that's good. See, I, I am one of those, as, as I plan these shows out, that's how I am all day I'm sort of thinking, what do I do for dinner? And, yeah. Uh, I'm not an on-the-fly person. That's called reservations in my world. <laughs> but you know what? I don't want you to think I'm not like that. I am like that. Like, I already know what I'm having for dinner tonight, probably and tomorrow night and yeah. all this. But if I were to say that out loud, to, to <laughs> person, he'd be like, why are you even asking me this at six in the morning? Right. You know? 
Because who knows what you feel like at this. I already know. I have two pies crust in my fridge. I'm going to make quiche because I have a couple of chickens in my backyard, you guys. And oh, there you go. I have some heavy cream, and it's about – I do the same thing at home, Pat, that I do here. Oh, good. And uh, I presume the fresh eggs, if you've got chickens yes, in the back. There, what a, I don't know if people ever have that experience. You can taste the difference oh, right, out, right out of the container the in the chicken, and it's yes. just unbelievable. So, so, but also, I don't have a rooster, so I don't have fertilized eggs which uh, is for me. I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't really nice. care. They're still so delicious. But what I want to say is I do the same thing at home as I do here. Oh. I look in my fridge in the morning before I leave. I can put a couple dishes together real quick by the time I get to work and know what I'm going to have for dinner. For sure. I have a, a friend of mine who graduated from a new, a new England culinary when Fran was with the culinary alive and well. And, oh, who? And so she, um, Annie Finnegan. She's a really good friend, but she posts things on Facebook, drive me crazy. Oh, oh yeah, tonight, tonight I'm whipping up blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, please. She's so good. She's oh, that's a, awesome. She's you know what? Friend. I, if you follow me on Instagram, Pat, yeah. I don't know if you Instagram, but it's Chef Joe Butt, J-O-B-U-T-T at Instagram. I love it. And you can see a lot of the stuff that I make too. Excellent. Thank you. I will look that up. Yeah. So, um, tell me, Anthony, I want to get him back on the air here. What was your favorite memory during the past eight weeks? What sticks out the most in your experiences during that time? Uh, like I just mentioned, uh, when Polly made, um, the demo. I was out one day. Yeah. So when ah. I'm not, what was I doing? Oh, I had an appraisal at my house or something was going on that I couldn't be here and it's rare. <laughs> um, but when I'm not here, Polly will pick a project for them. So he made a lasagna roll, right? Great. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, well, there's that, the term was, they're called, uh, what, the, what was it? It's called a roulade. A roulade. Uh, and that was one of the, my, like, favorite, one of the favorite moments here, um, because I love lasagna. I love Italian food. And just being around Polly and every day is, like, probably been, like, kind of my favorite oh. of this class because Aww. he's a really great hands-on teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, that's what he does, right? Like, so Polly's mindset is about the production piece a lot, Pat. Like, huh. his, as my sous chef, his job is to, like, put the pieces together of what we have to use up with me. And then his job is to kick it into gear and cook, right? Like big time. Cause chef also has moments yeah. of other things going on, <laughs> but you know, um, it's not that I don't teach, but Polly is a really good like production teacher, right? He'll say, come over here and look at this and this is what I'm doing. And yeah. yeah. I mean like, uh, cause I always get, if I have like, not that I ever do so much, but maybe 15 people, I don't know. I know how to cook. But I don't know how to make it for 15 people. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. I, I just, uh, it's hard to make the, you know, the transition. I always have food left over anyway. So, um, but it's, I think all that stuff for production is hard. And that reminds me, what's happening tomorrow? There's a luncheon. Yeah. And do they, do all the students get a certificate of graduation? They do. And oh, nice. it's from 1230 to two at Capstone. Yeah. They'll be recognized for their hard work over the last eight weeks. And we'll talk about what they're going to do in their futures. And it's a celebration of what they've done. And they get a certificate from us. They also get a brand new knife kit, which they're all anxiously awaiting sharper knives, I think. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and they get a brand new chef coat to start their new jobs with. But I want to talk about your background because – um, you know how much I love Nikki and, and Fran. Um, uh, part of my so, school. 
Oh my God, what a what it a sad thing. Everywhere. Oh, I, I, he's just so powerful. He's just one, was a wonderful guy. Can you talk really about? Was. What a visionary, right? For sure. And For sure. so, um, you're going to come back, Anthony, in a minute. He'll be back in a minute. Yeah, because I want to talk to Anthony about his background. So tell him to come back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fran Voigt and I were very close. Um, I have a good story for you about him, but his vision was what we carried through, right? All, yep. uh, there's many of us out there. So shout out to all those Necky grads and Necky chef instructors who were grads. I mean, many of us were grads who came back and taught, um, because we can't not share what we learned. And I think a lot of that is how to respect each other, how to understand the sustainable and subsistence systems around us as far as agriculture and farming and where food comes from and, you know, dairy farms and cheese. And I mean, we have, like, I look at a piece of local cheese and I fall in love with it. Like that's, (laughs) that's where it comes from, you know, like Chef Michel in France. So a story I have is I went to teach, uh, I used to work uh, at Necky everybody for many facets. So I started as a student in 1999 after being out in the industry for 15 years so when I met Chef Michel, he hooked right on to me like a big bass, right? And um, I sort of became neckyized. And I used to travel around and do presentations on sustainable food systems when we first started the BA programs there, Pat. Huh. Right. Fran was a Wesleyan grad first. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. He's a Wesleyan grad, and um, he went to Goddard after. And that's where he met Ellen, his wife, Ellen, ah. the famous poet. Everybody, you know, is the MacArthur Award winner. Anyway, um, and so he and Fran Dreno and Ellen Gluck, the Pulitzer Prize winner, um, wow. um, started Necky in 1980. But the discussion started happening across dinners with Chef Michel and other people in, you know, late 1979 or, you know, mid-1979. So I went to Wesleyan for a trip to do a presentation to their bachelor students of sustainable and subsistent food systems. And what Fran found out was that my great-grandfather, Lloyd H. Hall, was also a Wesleyan grad. And when I got there to Wesleyan at this beautiful hour, it was almost dusk, and what a beautiful campus, right? And when I got there to meet Fran's acquaintance, he handed me three scrolls, Pat, wrapped in red ribbon, and they were copies of everything they had on my great-granddad from when. Oh, that's wonderful. What a great gift. I just had to tell you, like, I had no idea that was happening, and that's the kind of man Fran Boy was. Yeah, for sure. Well, his his son was the coach for the Frosties back in the day. Yeah. And I I was a serious fan, and, of course, Fran was always there for every game. Yeah. And he sat a couple of rows ahead of us, and I – So I got a chance to really talk, talk. um, Right. And Fran used to say to me, we'd walk across the green at BCFA in the middle of Necky, and what a lot of growth, um, weird shifts that school went through in all the years it existed. But I want to say that he'd say, Joey, he said, just keep being that great pusher. You're so nice about it, and you just keep moving this place forward. And, you know, he would encourage me in that way for – you know, uh, admissions and enrollment and traveling and, you know, all the right things we should be doing. And, you know, students, parents were sick or there was a crisis in a student's family. And he would call upon me and say, say, Joey, this is what Necky is. We need to write them a letter. We need to give them a thank you note. What can we do for them? You know what That's I mean? True. And no matter how much he struggled financially in the business aspect of that school, 
he would have never ever let the students down and no. he never let me down i can say that and without that education i wouldn't have been able to do all the things that i have done in the last 25 years for sure <laughs> you know well, you've got quite a background i met fran um at my oncologist uh, office at, yes, uh, and I think he was with his father, and I assumed wrongly that his father was the patient. Yep, um, and that turned out not to be the case. So, uh, Fran and I were sharing some some history and stories together for a while as well. Oh, that's um, such a special place to meet somebody. Well, you know? for sure. And I and I was just as I'm gabbing away about his dad, and he goes, "Well, Pat, actually, Dad's here with me." And I went, "Oh, great." Yeah, and he survived that brain tumor, which yep. is wonderful. And then, you know, just complications with the other stuff. Yep. And I got to speak to him a few weeks before he passed away, and I, I it's one of the most endearing things for me okay. that I will take with me throughout the rest of my path in this realm, Pat. <laughs> um, I can hear him, you know, now just encouraging me all the time yep. and shout out to chef michelle who's in Brittany, france still watching rugby games and or listening to rugby games and and living out um his life peacefully and calmly um but without the two of them and i'm looking at a picture on my desk right now of all of them actually at chef robert's house we were at a picnic lunch at chef robert's about 22 years ago wow. i can see robert Barral and chef michelle and I think Fran took the picture, actually. That's great. Dean Thomas, Lyndon Berkler, Chef Louise Duhamel, Howard Fisher. Hi, Howard. <laughs> um, you know, all these people. And what an amazing movement that was. That's great. Of it. That's really great. And I'm looking at the rest of your resume there, Chef. You've got quite the quite the background. I particularly am drawn to the trainer at Sandals Resorts in oh, the Caribbean. Hello. We're going to the Caribbean together. I'm ready now. Yeah, exactly. I haven't been since COVID started. So uh, the latter part of my years at Neki with the new ownership was corporate training. And I had a corporate training contract with New England Culinary Institute with Sandals for a few years. Actually, Chef uh, Jean-Louis Garen and I went down for the first time and taught at the Sandals South Coast um, in Jamaica. And we taught their cooks how to cook better and gave them the meaning of why their jobs were important. And it really, really worked, and we had such a great time. And I actually just got an email from the exec chef of Sandals. Hi, Chef Walker. Um, you know, last week we still stay in touch. But right. when COVID hit, uh, one of the reasons why I took the capstone job was because it was really attractive because there were breaks in between our 12-week sessions at first back in 2019. Right. And um, when COVID hit, I got a call from Sandals in February and said, oh, we're going to have you in March for three weeks and probably Curacao, we're opening a new resort, right? And I'm like, oh, this is great. And COVID hit a week later and everything shut down. And so I haven't been back since and the corporate training stopped and there was some shifts in the organization. But I have about um, 500 students there that I taught. Wow, Joey. Yeah, it's so cool. So I would go down for two, three weeks at a time. Pat, this is a dream job, right? Exactly. I got paid quite well to go uh, to Jamaica, Barbados, or St. Lucia. Okay, I'll go. If I have to go, I'll go. Work in the kitchen. Exactly. Bummer. Speaking of cooking in volumes, for goodness sake, throw me. Anyway, we have to take another break. Imagine this really quick, though, really quick. Okay, hurry up. Imagine my class now, nine-week session done in five days, because that's pretty much what I used to do. Whoa. Well, 
Yeah. I can see you doing that, young lady. It was cool. Yeah. Yep. Is uh, Anthony back? Yes. All right, cool. Anthony, you're on air. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and um, what, uh, why you just decided to go to Capstone? How you heard about it? Uh, actually, I heard I heard about it through another uh, a resident that I live with, um, Nicholas, and so I figured I'd give it a shot uh, due to the fact that I just want a different career change. Um, I've always done hard labor. You know, construction, right. um, landscaping, and a uh, house framing. Um, so I just, I truly just want something that's a little less physical. Huh. But at the same time, I want to, I want to make sure people are getting their substances that they need for food. Yeah, and make sure it's proper. Yeah. yeah, make sure it's just they're being fed properly That's for the great. community. I'm really huge on wanting to help the community and others in need now. Um I was I've had a I was working for another ways day shelter in Montpelier last year and I just really grown to want to just help other people. Um because I've I've like everybody else is having a hard time with COVID hitting and yeah. with the way our Government has, like, uh, so it's... It's okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. It's all right. No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, So Anthony's been through some transition himself, right? Anthony, so since you were working in another way, you went through a little bit of a rough time, right? We can say that. Yes, we can. And so that's how you ended up in with Good Sam, who's really helpful. Hi, Mark. Shout out to Mark. Um, at Good Sam because they are so helpful. And um, I think a lot of you who go through those programs at Good Samaritan Home do end up doing really a, a lot better, you know, if you grab onto what's well, going on. Right. Anthony, yeah. how it, old are you? It, do you mind me asking uh, you that? I'm 39. Okay. So, so Pat, I want to say this real quick. So, Anthony is at 39 years old and starting his life over, like, right now. That's right. right. <laughs> exactly. Plenty of time. Kind of where we're at. So, yep. go ahead. Keep going. Uh, Lost thoughts. Oh, okay. Well, I know, but he uh, he did explain to me that he uh, came from construction, and um, I can see, uh, although working in a kitchen is no easy task either, because it's constant moving, constant lifting, constant whatever. It's just uh, talking about that. So, so what happens? I think Pat really in the bigger picture spectrum is that students might get a job, like you might go work maybe for Chef Emma at National Life, maybe for. Norwich, maybe for a really structured kitchen environment because he's into that serve safe right. thick. And then he'll use that as a stepping stone to possibly get into the field of being a health inspector or, you know, somebody who's in charge of serve safe practices in a warehouse or a food production facility or something like that, right? Yes, exactly. So they use it as like a little stepping stone. doesn't? And that's slower growth, which is easier to grab a handle on. You know what I mean? Like yep. you and I, Pat, we jump right into stuff and do it. You know? <laughs> Let's take that risk. Yes, we right? can do it, right? Oh so, yeah, and I think when you're going through such transition, I'll speak on behalf of all my students in all their different things um, over the last four years. Hi everybody. Um, uh, you know, they go slower. They have a they have a a short term goal and the long term goal at the same time, so that those little steps in between get filled in. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. That's great. Well, they've got some great background and lessons uh, that will hold them in good stead, whatever career, uh, through the program, because that's amazing how many kids graduate from high school, go to tech center, and they sort of have to be brought up to speed because there's some things they just don't know. Right. Um, and it's it's really sad. Well, you know, one of those things is definitely computer skills. You yeah. know, I think that's a huge thing. And if somebody out there in the community would please offer a free learn how to communicate through Microsoft and emails and calendars and things. Great. Training program, I think that would be awesome. Huh. Um, for anybody who needs that, you know, a morning, a day, and a night class once a month would be great for people. Um, no more than an hour for people's attention spans. <laughs> well, that's probably true because a lot of people that are a little older, like me, are just afraid of a lot of that stuff because they're always afraid to press the wrong button and everything just disappears. My mom, you know, yeah. is 72, Pat. Um, but I want to say this, you know, like I, I think anybody who is lacking in those skills because of what we've been through in our society in the last five years, it's very important that people learn how to gain those specific skills if they didn't get them in high school before. Yep. Or like, I, I don't know about you, Pat, but I've only had my cell phone for half my life, right? So exactly. We used to I, use a telephone. It's a yeah, novelty now. I had to really teach myself. And that's not easy to do when you're busy and working 45 hours a week and whatever. So these training programs, if anybody's listening, could be really, really helpful around our community in central Vermont and all the counties, I think. Lamoille, Franklin, all of them. Um, if anybody has those skills, I actually just uh, was investigating some of that here. But so I, I think that those kind of skills through CCV, I know they offer some stuff too. Um, those are really important for these guys to jump on. Um, I think when you're at sort of like almost midlife and starting over, it can be like, where do I go and how do I see this? So that's where like those small steps and little bits of training come in right. at a time to keep it manageable while you're trying to handle yourself in the process. You know, right? That's good. But there's a lot. There's so many. Jo- there are so many jobs out there mm-hmm. uh, in, in very different different places that, you know, we all think when we're growing up, nurse, doctor, teacher, but there are so many jobs that keep this world moving that mm-hmm. that would be of interest to uh, to people. And um, so it's out there. I'm sure Anthony will be very successful. And if anybody, I will give Anthony a reference right now. He's so the best. He would be an asset to anybody's business out there. Yeah. And I must say, we interviewed uh, your students, and one has a daycare, wants to bring better food to the kids. Yeah. You have one young man who is finishing his high school by going to the Kitchen Academy, getting credits yes. to finish Kitchen his... Academy, yes. Yeah. That, I thought I never heard of that, and I think that's fabulous that you can... Well, COVID really made that happen. It was happening before a little, but like when COVID hit, a lot of kids struggled in school, you guys. Right, right. So many... Brian's is a brilliant kid. Yeah, he seemed very, very much together. He really, uh, he handled the questions really well. I thought that was the background that would blow your mind. But yes, he's handling himself quite well. And I think out of out of all four of these guys, Brian has the dreams and aspirations to be a real chef, and is at the age to be able to do that. Yeah, and because he's actually, you know, he's gone and bought. Uh, pizza stones. He's, he's actually, buying equipment he's for buying, himself right oh, now. Oh wow, good for him. And he's like his knowledge on where he wants to go in the future. Yeah. And that is a amazing aspect about him that I I really enjoy being around that kid and 
the the passion he has for food. And that's changed, Anthony. Remember him day one? Remember him day one nine weeks ago? And I don't want to be here. <laughs> listen to Anthony giggle. Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. But you know what's great, Pat, for me? It's like you see the shift. These guys yep. don't even realize, but I can see it in them. It's like one day Bryant walked in and said, you know what? I got this. I really want to do this. Nice. You know? Well, that must make you feel wonderful. It makes me feel wonderful. And there's this, you know, I want to talk about hunger and food insecurity um, for just one second. Yes, please. A couple more minutes. And and this is really important. I saw that CBS Reports is actually doing a segment right now streaming online on CBSN that is about a woman who cooks like I do in my kitchen where, you know, if we were to just stop wasting food, America. Right. We wouldn't have a hunger problem. And I, I, I believe that. Her. So I'm going to show that video with my students today because I think it's really important that towards the end of class and before their graduation, they see the big picture um, more. But our little food shelf and our kitchen here are pumping out, you know, 300 meals a week at least on a regular basis. And then if we support the community, we flip it to four, five, six, seven, whatever we need. Thanksgiving's coming up. If anybody wants to donate turkeys, I could use them. Um, If anybody needs Thanksgiving meals, please call us. We are going to start a sign-up sheet uh, by the end of this week for a turkey. And then if anybody's in need, they can come in and go to our Thanksgiving section and get all the things they need for their Thanksgiving dinner. We are going to be having a pie fundraiser, Pat. I will email Uh you the flyer so you can pump it up for us. Yes, please. At at CKA, all the proceeds of those pies. Um, You buy one pie, another pie gets donated to the shelf automatically. So for every one pie sold, we're baking two. Excellent. The proceeds of the pies come directly to my Community Kitchen Academy. I don't know how you do it all. I I saw an article on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it. It was about what types of food to donate to a food shelf because we think we're doing good. Yeah. But you have to. I can take food that's been, um, you know, canned food specifically. We like to see the date no more than six months to a year past. Right. Um, I really don't want to see a year past. Right. To determine nothing that's been opened. Um, frozen foods are fine, like vegetables and stuff, as long as they're not two years old, you know? Yeah. Um, baby food we need always. Uh, we have plenty of formula right now. We are always looking for toiletries, like travel size packs. And like I said, with the holidays coming up, anything holiday oriented, you know, is great. If you have lots of squashes in your garden, you guys, call me and bring them to my loading dock. We'll, we'll use them, you know? Um, That kind of stuff is what we look for, really. Anything retail pack, anything snack-like that's a healthy snack, vegan items we're always looking for, gluten-free items we're always looking for, you know, that kind of stuff. Just whatever, we'll take it. As long as we can can put it out on the shelves, it will go there. Well, I have, every time I've been there, it hasn't been all that many. I'd like to be there a lot more, but there's always been people in the food shelf, and it's just Always yeah, our got hours people. are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The food shelf is open from 9 to noon and then 1 to 3. And then on Tuesdays, people can come get bread and vegetables only, Pat. Ah. Yeah, Thursdays we're closed because we have – we have. what I wanted to say earlier was the food bank and I have this relationship where, you know, I've been getting orders every week. So on Thursdays or every other at least, 
On Thursdays, we have a big day to like kind of reorganize the shelf, put everything away, bring new food in. Great. You know, I mean, it's amazing the amount of food that we go through in our food shelves. Shout out to all of you in Vermont. You're all doing great things. Well, the demand has so increased. And every time I hear the percentage of food insufficiency in this agricultural state of ours, Mm. I just get so Well, that's where Community Harvest, hi, Allison, and everybody there. They're so important. Please support Community Harvest and their gleaning initiatives. I mean, they really are the ones. Allison Levin started that a few years, quite a few years back and, and realized when she was here as a student, I think, or right out of college, that there was a lot of waste in farm fields. Right. When so, we went and washed the potatoes, honey. Yeah. So I think that that is a really, if you're looking for a couple alternative places to donate money to share it all or contribute somehow. Okay. I just got a check for three dollars. That helps. That helps. Know? Thank you, Joey. I have to. I have to end the show now, okay. sadly, because we could talk. And I'll see you and Anthony. Thank you. Congratulations tomorrow. for your graduation. We'll see you tomorrow. All thanks for tuning in. See you. Thank Bye. You guys. Pat for McDonald's, your Bye-bye. host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV.